All right, John chapter 8, verses 30, 31, and 32. The scripture tells us, As he spake these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This year, our theme is redeeming the time. And you received a little desk clock calendar type thing. As a reminder, throughout the year, it has the church's name on it, uh, Temple Baptist Church, Redeeming the Time, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. And what I want to do this month is emphasize that theme. And as I mentioned also, the first Sunday of each month, I will be speaking on the verse for that month. This month, of course, Ephesians 5, 16, Redeeming the Time, but... We wanted to follow that thought, so our first Sunday in the, in the year, we spoke on Ephesians 5.16, redeeming the time. Last Sunday, 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new, emphasizing the opportunity we have to use our time now, not as a child of the devil, but as a child of the King, the Lord Jesus Christ. We'd like to continue that thought this morning, speaking from this text on the topic, Disciples Indeed. Few New Testament passages have such a complete picture of discipleship as this. In our text, we find discipleship begins with belief. It means constantly remaining in the Word of God. It produces knowledge of the truth and results in freedom. It's interesting, the word indeed is a conjunction. It serves to connect single words with terms, or clauses with sentences, or narratives with expositions, and each forming a transition to new matters. It emphasizes something being added to what has already been said. 21 times the word is in, indeed is used in the Gospels, and 11 of them by our Lord himself. In this passage, Jesus makes a distinction between those who are disciples and those who are disciples indeed. He is emphasizing here the genuineness and sincerity of those who truly follow him. Someone has said a disciple is anyone who professes to be a learner. But a disciple indeed is one who has definitely committed him or herself to follow the Lord Jesus Christ and to do his will. We'd like to notice four things in this passage this morning in verses, uh, verse 31. And we see the disciples' identity, the disciples' interest, the disciples' increase, and the disciples' incentives. So notice with me verse 31 as we start. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. The first condition of discipleship is belief. As the gospel was proclaimed, many listened and many believed on Jesus Christ. The scripture makes it clear. The act of believing is what identifies a person as a Christian. The word believe, or some form of it, is found over 250 times in Scripture. It means to have faith in, to be persuaded of, or to be put in one's confidence. Simply put, it means to trust. I like an illustration I saw as a young Christian, and uh, it's, it's this. I 
can say all I want that I believe that chair is going to hold me up. I am confident that if I sit on that chair, I'll be fine. It won't collapse. It won't give way under my weight. It's going to hold me up. But as someone has said, talk is cheap. How do I prove my trust in that chair? By putting my full weight and resting upon it. There we go. I thus demonstrate my trust in that chair to keep from collapsing. Those over here, you missed it over there. Here you go. There we go. All right. Trust. Trusting in the person of Christ is a means by which God applies salvation to mankind. Examples of this are found in Scripture. Many examples. John 1.7. The same came for a witness, this of course is Jesus Christ, to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. John 3.15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Ephesians 1.13, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And 1 John chapter 5 verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Yes, in order for a person to receive the gift of salvation, he or she must believe that Jesus Christ is God the Son, is the Son of God, is the Redeemer of mankind, and the Savior of the world. Jesus commanded belief in himself as the hope of one's eternal salvation when he said in John chapter 14 verse 1 let not your heart be troubled you believe in God believe also in me yes belief is the only message of salvation proclaimed throughout the gospels Matthew used this verb 10 times Mark 10 times Luke 9 times and the gospel of John used it 99 times Yes, we see God emphasizing the message of belief in him as our hope. This was the same message preached by the apostles in the early church age. In Acts chapter 15 verse 11, But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved. Acts chapter 16 verse 31, When the Philippian jailer burst into the open jail cell of the apostle Paul, He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? The reply was, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. That's the same message we share with people today. That's the same message that's printed in the gospel tracts that we distribute. That's the same message we declare when we give our testimony to another. Belief. Belief in him. Now, those who insist on approaching God through any other means than through the Lord Jesus Christ will fail in their attempt to do so. Titus chapter 3 verse 5 tells us, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Romans chapter 3 verse 20, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. There are many who will say, well, I obey the law. They're not going to be able to obey it completely. For you offend the law in one point, you've broken the whole law. Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. 
Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Yes, the church grew through the addition of believers, not unbelievers. Acts chapter 5, verse 14, and believers were added, uh, were the more added to the church, multitudes of men and women. By the way, that's the way a church should grow today. Through people hearing the gospel message, getting saved, being born again and added to the church. I believe it's a mistake for churches to include in their membership those who are the unregenerate, the unsaved, those who are lost. Now, I don't know your heart. I trust that everyone here today is saved. And there might be someone here who, having professed to know Christ as his or her Savior, you may have fooled yourself. You may be trusting in something other than the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, some people say, well, I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church all my life. My mom and daddy, they took me to church every Sunday. I'm a Christian. Going to church every Sunday doesn't make you a Christian. Just like don't go into the local garage doesn't make you a car. You know, understand it is belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. And many people today are trusting in their heritage, their works, their giving, their conduct, their church membership. But that's not enough. Beloved, you have to trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior. I hope everybody's got that settled. Charles Spurgeon said, There is no sin that shall condemn the person who believes, and nothing can save the person who will not believe. Someone else has said, Believing is not believing when a definition other than the Bible definition of believing is used. You see, what does the Bible say about believing? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's the, that's the baseline, if you will. That's the beginning of discipleship. And many trusted in the Lord during those days. Many followed him. But he makes a distinction here saying you need to be disciples Indeed. And we see that here when he goes on to say in verse 31, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. I wonder, do we have disciples indeed here this morning? Well, here's one way we can tell. By the disciples' interest. Once a person is saved, he or she is eligible to become a disciple. We know that. And to do so is necessary, or excuse me, to do so is necessary for a person to continue in his word. Because he says that here, if you continue in my word. The word continue, no confusion there. It means to abide, remain, dwell, tarry, or to endure. It's the idea of living just as you dwell in your home. That continues to be your abode. Jesus is telling us that his word is the believer's dwelling place. We are to abide in the word of God. Very simply what he's saying here is, a disciple indeed will continue both to study and to obey the word of God. You see, a true disciple is a learner of the book. A shut mind is the end of discipleship. 
By the way, we don't study the Word of God just for the sake of amassing information, gathering little facts and tidbits that we can impress everybody with. No, we study the Word of God that we might know what He has to say to us and that we might apply the truths of His Word to our lives and thus govern our conduct as believers in this life. And in doing so, we will demonstrate we are disciples indeed. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, there's a whole lot of folks today who can spout Bible verses, but the problem is they don't know what they mean. They don't understand. The word of God is given to us not for the sake of just boasting about what we know, but it's given to us for the sake of changing us into what we ought to be. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Jesus said, if ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. So there it is. He gives us the pattern. He said, this is what, this is what I want you to know. He gives us his word. And he said, if you love me, if you're my disciple, if you're my disciple indeed, this is what you will do. Now, the other side of that coin, which is obvious, though he doesn't state it, is that someone is not a disciple if he or she does not read and obey the word of God. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 6, If a man abide not in me, he he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. 1 John 2.19 They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out, that it might be made manifest that they were not of us. That's a tough verse. But what it's saying is, if you're with God, you're going to abide with him. You're going to hang out with God's people. You're going to walk with them and serve with them. But if you get tired of that after a while, that grows old. It wears on you and say, you know what? I got to try something else. What it means is you were never in your heart a believer in the first place. And that's where a lot of folks find themselves today. Oh, they say, I believe in Jesus But what they mean is, well, I'd like to give him a try. I believe he can be a help to me. I believe maybe there'll be some benefit to this. And they go along with it for a while. But then something comes up and they say, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm going to try something else. How sad for many people today who say they believe in the Lord, but they find themselves not truly disciples because they really don't have an interest in being like him and following him. Second John verse, verse 9 says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father 
and the Son. You see that abiding, that continuing in, that being a part of it and it a part of you is so important in order for us to be a disciple indeed. After a very distinguished career as a virtuoso violinist, Yasha Heifetz accepted an appointment as a professor at UCLA to teach music. Ask what had prompted him to make that career change. He replied, violin playing is a perishable art. It must be passed on as a personal skill, otherwise it is lost. And for us, living the Christian life, it is a highly personal experience. You can't pull it off by merely watching others. You have to have hands-on instruction and experience. That's why a disciple indeed will truly follow the Lord Jesus Christ and seek to be like him. That's what Paul admonished his readers on two occasions. He said, be ye followers of me, even as I am of Christ. And you see, it's one thing to be a cheerleader and say, there you go. That's what you ought to do. There you go. Head that way. But it's a whole nother matter to say, come this way. Follow me. A disciple indeed recognizes that great truth. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is credited with saying, salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. The second thing we see in this verse, in verse verse 32, he says, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Throughout history, we have here the disciples increase, but throughout history, people have sought to know the truth about reality, about what's right and wrong, what is meaningful, what is the purpose of life. You can listen to people discuss these kind of things constantly, but as a result of all of this, there are endless philosophies, worldviews, and religious systems that have arisen over the years, each failing to accomplish their goal of enlightenment. But the Bible and really that is the basis for our belief system. You understand that. We recognize the Bible as the final authority in all matters of faith and practice. It is without error. It is without contradiction. People want to point to presumed contradictions and errors, but they're mistaken. We believe it to be infallible and inerrant. But it's the Bible that clearly teaches us to learn of Jesus is to learn the truth. In Jesus Christ, we learn what is really important and what is not. In John chapter 17, verse 17, he said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And that's an interesting statement for our Lord to make because not only is he the truth, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the word. John 1, 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So he is both the word and the truth. And he says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. It's evident. The truth of God has been given to us through his wondrous gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 33 verse 4 says, The word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. 
Psalm 119, verse 60. Thy word is true from beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Psalm 138, verse 2. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all, above all thy name. That's an interesting thought. You might want to write that down. Psalm 138, verse 2. Thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. God has elevated his scripture, his holy word, above his name. That is an amazing thought when you consider it. Because the name of Jesus is the most lovely name of all time and eternity. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Yes, the name of Jesus truly is a wonderful, wonderful name. Arnold Gabeline, Bible commentator of yesteryear, said, All truth is God's truth. Edward R. Murrow, you remember that name from yesteryear? He said, To be persuasive, we must be believable. To be believable, we must be credible. To be credible, we must be truthful. Oh, when you consider he who is truth, there is no one more credible and more believable than the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a disciple indeed, one of the benefits we gain, the manner in which we increase as a disciple is to know the truth of the word of God. Yes, the identity of, the, of a disciple is a follower, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. The interest of the believer is to follow him, to do his will. The increase of a believer is that we might know the truth and the incentive of a believer. What's the benefit of all of this? Verse 32 again. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every one of us, before we got saved, before we were a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. We were a slave to sin. You understand that, I trust. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the scripture tells us. He tells us the wages of sin is death. But it is only through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of his word, that one can be set free. Notice the emphasis here on the word of God in this passage. And not only this verse, but throughout the remainder of this, this uh, chapter. The truth shall make you free. The false or insincere disciple will not make room in his or her heart for the truth. And therefore will not know the joy and blessing of being set free. Set free from what? We experience as believers freedom from sin. God grants deliverance from one's carnality. You know, we each have in Christ the ability, the freedom to surrender to him, to yielding ourselves to him and choosing to say no to sin. 
Psalm 6 verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. You see, when we got saved, God delivered us from, as we've said this before, the penalty of sin, because now we're a child of the king, our sins are forgiven. He is delivering us from the power of sin, for as we become more like him, we are more able to say no to the temptations of the world. And we're looking forward to the time, to that day when he will deliver us from the presence of sin. We'll be in heaven to be around at sin no more. But beloved, today we have freedom from the power of sin and can say no. Romans 6.18, being then made free from sin, ye became servants of righteousness. Verse 22, but now being made free from sin and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end to everlasting life. Yes, we are free from sin. We experience freedom from self. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Do you realize by yielding ourselves to the Lord, we can escape some of the foolishness and folly of our own sinful choices? What a blessing to say yes to him and no to unrighteousness. You see, the problem is, and Jesus identified this when he said to his disciples, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Paul wrote of this in Romans when he said, the good that I would, I do not, and the evil that I would not, that I do. The choices I make are sometimes so foolish and so devastating. But thank God, because of him, we don't have to be subject to our own foolishness. We're also delivered from the freedom of fear. There are many whose lives are dominated by fear. Fear of circumstances, fear of others, fear of uncertainty. But God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Jesus told his disciples, Be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after that have no more they can do to you. You know, we can be afraid of others for one reason or another, but Jesus said, really, they have no power over where you're going to spend eternity. See, that message was given to his disciples as a precursor to what they would endure following his crucifixion. Romans chapter 8, verse 38, Paul said, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, neither height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. To be a disciple indeed grants me the freedom to escape the fears of this life the fears of uncertainty, because I have confidence in him. As we know, one day we shall be like him 
for we shall see him as he is. What a joy to know. Our future isn't a blank spot in front of us, but it is written in the blood of Christ, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, sealed unto him for all eternity. William Cowper wrote, He is the free man whom the truth makes free, and all are slaves beside. Trust in Christ, enjoy freedom in him. Not trusting in Christ leads us to a life of bondage. The truth shall make you free. Another has said, Oh, that a man may arise in me, that the man I am may cease to be. Yes, Jesus identifies here the disciple indeed. We see the believer's identity, interest, increase, and incentive. That's the funny thing about our Lord. Bob, Dr. Bob Jones Sr. brought this out when he said, Jesus never taught men how to make a living. He taught men how to live. So very important. We follow the instruction in Scripture. What a blessing to know. Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I close with this thought. We are not saved from our sins because we take up the cross and follow Jesus, but because we trust the Savior who died on the cross for our sins. After we become the children of God, we become disciples. The closest contemporary word to disciple is probably the word apprentice. A disciple is more than a student who learns lessons by means of lectures and books. A disciple is one who learns by living and working with their teacher in a daily, hands-on experience. Too many Christians are content with being listeners who gain a lot of knowledge, but have never put that knowledge into practice. Oh, to be a disciple indeed, one of genuineness and sincerity, who is committed to obeying the truth of the Word of God by learning it, accepting it, and seeing it worked out in our lives.